1: And now to the pride of the entire nation. I mean, I've
0: been feeling all the
1: love, not only this past week, but this whole year. Um, It's been really nice to have all that support. I feel all the love. I have no idea how to repay everyone for that. I'm just really, really grateful. Well, that, of course, is Bianca Andreescu, Canada's first Grand Slam winner. She was on Good Morning America, and you know it's a big deal when the American networks take notice of a Canadian. The 19-year-old is a delight on and off the court, and she wasn't just uttering platitudes about Support when she thanked a lot of people and, and not just for this year, because she, along with some other very, very talented young tennis players are the products of an excellent system of bringing the talent along. Tennis Canada put the strategy in place back in 2005 and stuck to it. And our next guest believes that there's a lesson in this for all other Canadian organizations. I'd want to hear from you if uh, you want to talk about tennis. The numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 744 four4740 And joining me now, Roger Martin, past chair of Tennis Canada and professor emeritus at the Rotman School of Management at the University of Toronto. Roger, thank you for being with us.
2: Hey, it's a pleasure, Libby.
1: Okay, so uh, Roger, uh, you had an editorial in the Globe and Mail this morning, which I read with great interest. So, how exactly can other organizations learn from what you did all those years ago um, for Tennis Canada?
2: Well, first of all, what a group! What a group did! I would never say what uh, oh, what uh, what I did. I meant you, uh, the
1: group. But yes, <laughs> thank yes, you for yes. pointing that out. <laughs>
2: um. And I would also say uh, that the goal of Tennis Canada with that strategy is to give the great Canadian players the chance they deserve. They've got to earn it on the court themselves. And Bianca you know, earned it on the court them- herself. She's so aw- awesome. Uh, but we want to make sure they weren't they weren't disadvantaged. So even if they had fantastic talent, they still wouldn't able be able to uh, succeed. But I think the lesson the lesson uh, at least. Per- for me of of this is even if you are severely disadvantaged, which Canada was in tennis, because we're cold, we don't have many year round uh, tennis courts, we didn't have good economics, we were in debt, deeply in in debt uh, with no real uh, tradition of excellence. Even with that, you can make wonderful things happen if you commit to a high, uh, high goal And then make distinctive choices. The thing that too many Canadian organizations do is imagine that they can compete with stronger players, more well-financed players from bigger countries, by doing what they do. You can't. You've got to do something different or you'll just be an also-ran. And that, I think, is is the lesson. Figure out a different way to deploy your resources uh, in order to have a chance to win in a different way because you can't win, uh, I think as Canada, the same way against bigger, stronger opponents.
1: Okay. So uh, in terms of tennis Canada, uh, one of the first things that was done was that you hired, I hate to use the word world-class, but we'll use it anyway, a coach for very young players, which had never been done before. And, You know, lo and behold, all these years later, these these uh, tiny little young players are now they're they're the group that we're watching, doing amazing things.
2: Absolutely. Although, you know, in a short editorial, all I can do is point out a couple of things because I don't want to give another fantastic global hire we made, Louis Borfiga. Uh, who we, uh, took from the French Federation. He was running the French Federation's junior program and he runs our national tennis center, uh, in, uh, in Montreal. So we, t- but we also hired, as I talked about in the, in the, uh, uh in the editorial, Bob Brett, who was famously the guy who coached Boris Becker to champ- uh, being a champion, Garn Ivanisevic, and Marin Seelich, uh, all of these, all of these great players. And yes, we deployed him in a different way than anybody else in the world deployed a bob red in fact he would tell stories i got to know him very well in fact i remember the first time uh when we played morning tennis whenever we used down, we played tennis uh, at 6 a.m at the granite uh, club talking about this bianca uh, girl and she was just a girl then this bianca girl who he said boy does she ever have a, he- a head on her shoulders like he was already impressed and maybe she was a Nine or ten year old at the time, maybe even younger. I can't remember for sure. Uh, but he was impressed with her her head for for the game at that at that level. Um, and so most players don't get the chance to have somebody that good, that prominent, who's used to uh, coaching Grand Slam adult uh, uh, players, and champions like uh, and best players of all time like Boris uh, Becker, helping them get their game in, in, a, in a development path that would take them to uh, top ten. And same with uh, Louis Barfiga who, who was you know, uh, responsible for, for developing people like uh, Sanga and Simon and uh, uh, uh all of that, Gasquet, that, that uh, crop of, of French players. But we didn't adopt the French system, right, which is entirely, entirely controlling. You come to the French Federation and they absolutely control everything within it. Uh, We also didn't adopt the American system, which was, as you can well imagine, laissez-faire, let a thousand flowers bloom. And when somebody gets to be great, you shower them with money. We didn't do either. We said we need to have a different sort of hybrid, which is to set standards of performance, output the standard, uh, and say, if you can achieve these outputs with your own coach, you can do that. Like Denis Shapovalov, uh, or uh, we'll have, we'll host you at the uh, the National Tennis Center, and 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 you'll be coached by uh, our coaches, like the great uh, uh, Sylvain Bruneau, who's who's uh, who's uh, Bianca's coach. B- Bianca's uh, coach. Uh, so we showed a combination of kind of inflexibility on the path they needed to be on, and flexibility on the how. So these are the sorts of things that we did differently. And at the time, at the time, you know, we got lots of criticism for what you always do for not doing it the quote right way. Um, No, we did it. We did it. You did it. You did it our own way.
1: You did it your way. But here's, here's the question that I have because what what really interests me and everything that you're saying, you said this type of, you know, way of doing things can be applied to any kind of organization, uh, whether it's nonprofit or profit. But as you said, the organization was in debt. So all the things that you talked about take money and quite a bit of it. So how did you get from debt to enough money to hire international star coaches and make it attractive for them to come over and do all these things?
2: Well, here's where I, I've got to give credit to uh, you know another great player in, in this whole transformation, uh, Michael Downey. Yes, Michael who Downey was the, the CEO. He got snitched away for a few years by the Lawn Tennis Association in the, in the UK and has come back. Bless him. Uh, and we hired him, even though he had zero tennis experience. Again, we were and, and doesn't excited. know how to
1: play. <laughs> yeah,
2: excru- yeah, yeah. You didn't have to play. Uh, Bianca plays. Uh, uh, Dennis plays and Felix plays, but um, we hired a seasoned, he was an MLSE executive and a seasoned uh, uh, a sports businessman, uh, and uh, we figured out how to make the two Rogers Cups, the Coop Rogers and Rogers Cup, much more profitable because they're owned by Tennis Canada, and they spin off the the money that we can use. So we got our budget up for high performance from two million to fourteen million dollars wow. through that, and got and then slowed. We slowed the pace of repaying the debt for the the stadium at York University. We were in deeply in debt for building that. We had to build that because the the uh, men's tour at the, at the time was saying you're. Your stadium in Toronto is your facility in Toronto so crappy that that will take away your tournament. And so we built the wonderful uh, uh, tennis center in uh, New York. Went into debt for doing that. We made a conscious decision to pay that back more slowly, uh, so that we could more quickly pour more money into the the high performance uh, uh, tennis. So yeah, we. As in all of these things, you have to do a whole bunch of things, uh, differently, uh, in order to, in order to make it all work. You have to have a coherent strategy that says we can, we, here's what we need to accomplish. Okay, how do we make the economics work for that? Can't be unrealistic. You can't assume that somebody else is going to pay the bills. We have to, uh, pay the bills, though. Bless them, you know, the national government, the Quebec government for the Coop Rogers and the Ontario government for the Rogers uh, top the great sponsors, uh, Rogers and Bank uh, uh, National, uh, all contributed in their own way. Mm-hmm. But they only contributed because we had an exciting vision that we were going to make tennis something that Canadians could be super proud of, if you're saying you know, hey, will you please support us uh, having sort of, you know, mediocre tennis where the only Canadians that get into the Rogers Cup and the Coop Rogers get by there by way of the wild cards. Uh, no, you know, now they get there because their rankings qualify them and they've got a shot to, to win the tournaments or, as Bianca showed, actually do win, win the tournaments. So you have to create this excitement around a strategy that's about excellence, distinctiveness, uh, and then lots and lots of people will, will, uh, get on board. Um, and various people there, I mean, he's anonymous because he's that kind of guy, but uh, there's a great Canadian, uh, business, a man who, when I was, when I was chair, called me, called me up to say he wanted to, uh, support our then elite athletes. He said, I, I bet the Americans and the Brits and whatever, who are competing against, uh, uh, your guys are getting more money than them to have extra trainers and masseuses and fitness people along with them. And I said, yeah, you know, they are. And, and he literally uh, wrote a, you know, big annual six figure check to support uh, this athlete. Now would have that ever happened if he was thinking about supporting somebody who's ranked 75th or 150th? no. Uh, but he was supporting somebody who was ranked in the teens then, and had a chance to be to be among the best in the world.
1: Uh, Roger, of, we're we're just about out of time, but in uh, twenty seconds or so, advice to other organizations in different spheres, whether spheres whether it's health or something else or the arts, what should they do based on uh, this success?
2: Have a strategy uh, to win, and test your choices or uniqueness. If you have a strategy to win doing the same things as others, you are deluding yourself. If you have a strategy to win that involves making distinctive choices, you have got a shot. Go do it. That would be my advice.
1: Okay, Roger Martin, thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thank you for having me, Libby.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.